This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. All right, Barry, you got your bathroom all set up? I'm all set and trying to get comfortable. You're trying to get comfortable? How do you yeah. do that? You know, I pull up the chair a little bit, <laughs> sink into the microphone here, try to settle in. Settle into that bathroom, Barry. Because it is a hard Knicks life. We are available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. If any of you Knicks fans use SeatGeek, you can use promo code HARDKNICKSLIFE, all caps, for $20 off your first purchase. So then they're kind of screwed then. Because if they've already used SeatGeek, then they can't really use this promo code. So this is for new people using SeatGeek. Why are you trying to confuse everybody? I don't want to confuse everyone, Barry. So if you use SeatGeek, then this is not really for you. But if you haven't used SeatGeek... Uh, here we go. It's going to be a great show, guys. You know what you can do? If you haven't used SeatGeek, this is what you do. You go to, you type in your computer, right, or your phone, SeatGeek.com. I'm going to do it right now. Show everyone how easy it is, Barry. Okay. Okay? Then you go on there. It says you can search for your team, artist, event, or venue. So for the purposes of this, I'm going to choose one of Barry's, I remember one of Barry's favorite musical acts growing up when we were in high school, Barry. Your room actually was covered in posters of a couple different acts, but you had all of these Debbie Gibson posters. So (laughs) how dare you? So I'm going to type in. Dare you? (laughs) So here I'm going to type in Debbie Gibson. And I don't say how dare you because, you know, for giving out a secret or something like that. I say how dare you for putting out these lies. (laughs) That's I know it's hard to admit that you were a big Debbie Gibson fan, Barry, but... In high school, I, yeah, I was a big Debbie Gibson the fan truth in, hurts. in the mid to late 90s. That's when she was at her peak, right? It's about a decade too late, isn't it? Or you're saying I was, I was obsessed that it lasted that long throughout my whole childhood. Like the early the 90s. I think she was from like the, the late 80s, bro. I don't, dude, I don't know. you. I And I wouldn't even know because I didn't have any Debbie Gibson posters in high school. You did. The truth hurts, I, Barry. I don't know when she was popular. I didn't listen to Debbie Gibson. But you, your room was covered in Debbie Gibson and New Kids on the Block posters. That's all oh, I remember. Look, when so I agreed what, to do this podcast what, with you, it did not give you permission to put out lies and untrue statements about me. All right? Okay. All right. I did have music posters in my room. I had, I had Stone Temple Pilots. I had Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, I sure. had Fish. <laughs> okay. All right. Fish. How dare it's you. So much better. So... Debbie Gibson. So, you know, if SeatGeek existed back in 1992, Barry would be typing in Debbie Gibson in the search here. I'm not going to let you get through this ad. So here we got Debbie Gibson. She's playing in Texas, Allen, Texas, at the Allen Event Center with Tiffany and Lisa Lisa. Did you like either of those acts in high school, Tiffany or Lisa Lisa? No, this was that was before high school when they had anything, any relevance. Okay, so what's your argument, Barry, that it was middle school when you were into Debbie Gibson? I was never into these people, Craig. Uh, This has been the longest intro ever, but it is a hard Nick's life. This is Season 2, Episode 9. In the early 90s, I and many others fell in love with a team that embodied everything our city stood for. 
The toughness, the heart, the fight. And fists are flying at the other end. Here we go. But we've fallen on hard times, and we went from throwing the punches to taking them. The New York Knicks are irrelevant to basketball. Hey, Ernest, seriously, why are we showing the Knicks? Yes. <laughs> Yet through it all, my commitment hasn't wavered. I watch every game, hoping that one day, just maybe, that team that didn't back down from anybody, that team that shook the garden every time it played, that team that I fell in love with, returns. But until that day, it's a hard Knicks life. This is Randy from North Bergen. I just want to say I've been a Knicks fan since 1992. Great years in the 90s. But ever since Carmelo and Amari, that experiment, it's been a hard Knicks life. Barry, that was Randy from North Bergen living the hard Knicks life. That's probably the best hard Knicks life open call we've gotten. You like that opinion. one. Why? I love it. Because you could hear the, 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 the feeling behind his voice in that one. You know, the passion that he has. He's truly been living the hard Knicks life. I believe it when he says it. I liked it. You believe Cheers it. to you, Randy North Bergen. Debbie Gibson likes it. Shut up. On today's show, guys, we're going to be talking a little bit about Joakim Noah. We got some calls in from some of you. We'll listen to your thoughts. We got some tweets from some of you. We'll get Barry's thoughts, my thoughts. Should we be waving and stretching them? What should we do? Don't answer that, Barry. We'll talk about it later. Okay. Kevin Knox was on first take with Stephen A. Smith recently. We'll be listening to some of those uh, questions and answers. We'll talk a little bit about Anish Cantor, who is now claiming he is best friends with Kevin Durant. Crazy, right, Barry? <laughs> yeah, he, anything he puts out is, you know, borderline crazy. We'll get into that later. Is he really best friends with Kevin Durant? This is news to me. And, uh, Barry, let's get... What would Debbie Gibson say? Let's get what? Well, not let's get physical. Let's uh, Olivia Newton-John. That's, well, let's I think get... you were actually... You had a Olivia Newton-John record, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> That's a lie. That's a, that's a fact. Like a record, like a vinyl. You had like a literally. You had a vinyl no, of Olivia up. Newton-John physical. I, I if I had a Bible, well, I wouldn't put my hand on a Bible. I'd probably be, whatever. <laughs> I, I I remember precisely. I will admit I loved crisscross jump. <laughs> so if I'm willing to admit that Barry, I'd be willing to admit Olivia Newton-John. The Mac Daddy and the Daddy Mac are probably easier admission. And Olivia Newton-John, but whatever. How you doing, Barry? Long time no speak. I'm doing wonderful. Yeah, I was a little under the weather, like off and on, like for the past two weeks. So I'm finally getting over that. So I'm happy about that. Did you enjoy uh, our appearance on the Nothing But Nicks show like a week and a half ago? Yeah, it was a fun show. Yeah, well, I want to thank any of our listeners who watched, uh, some of our listeners who called in. JP, if you're listening. She had some wonderful things to say about the show. She's a big fan, so thanks to JP. I don't, Barry, why hasn't JP ever called our hotline? I don't know. She sounds like our number one fan. Like, JP, you called in to Nothing But Nicks live. Seems like you always wanted to talk to us, but everyone's afraid to call us, Barry. 516-336-3741. It's not that hard. <laughs> right? What is it? 33 mesh one? That's right. 516-33-MESH-1. Again, we're not going to pick up the phone, so you can call any time of the day. 
Especially if it's to throw a compliment our way. Yeah, we will take that all day long. Barry, do you ever go to Build-A-Bear workshop? I went to Build-A-Bear this week. I did once. I did once a couple of years ago. It was How'd very, you like it? It was a very painful experience. <laughs> you took your two kids? Well, yeah, we went, we went to the mall, and my son and I went to go play some mini golf, and my wife took my daughter to Build-A-Bear because it's her birthday month, and when it's your birthday month, you can get this Build-A-Bear for the price of your age. I don't know if you knew that, but that's pretty good. No. So my daughter's turning two, so you can get a Build-A-Bear for $2. But my my son and I got through like 26 holes of miniature golf, and then he got tired. It was like a 28-hole course. Man, even an 18-hole course is like really tiring for me. I'd rather play 18 holes like real golf than mini golf. It's like <laughs> yeah, it's 28 kinda... holes. That's crazy. Right, so we get through most of them, and then we go find the Build-A-Bear, and my wife and my, my daughter are still in line. It takes forever. And then they, you've been there where they stuff the bear? You, yeah, yeah, You pick yeah. the bear, then you stuff the bear. You even, like, pick a scent to put inside the bear, right? We didn't pick a scent, so we're just, we wait, we finally get the bears to stuff. My son's in line, so of course he wants one. So now the $2 bear is out the window, because now we have a $2 bear and a bear for him. And then this, this old woman is stuffing the bear. Have you, You've seen that contraption, Barry? Yeah, it's like a machine. It's like a yeah. machine with this... This that metal. Like, it looks like, like the, this poor bear. It looks like they're injuring the bear. <laughs> yes. It's a little this traumatic. Is, this is why I'm talking about it, Barry, because I'm like traumatized by this experience. Right. This old lady has the bear, and there's a hole basically in the, in the lower back, upper buttocks region of the bear. And it's this metal tube coming out of this enormous machine that pumps the filling into the bear. And she's just sh- shoving the bear's buttocks into this tube very slowly, like caressing in the, the tube with her hand. Caressing. Like she's enjoying this. Meanwhile, she probably has to stuff 100 bears a day. Well, at one point, her and I made eye contact, and I was, wasn't comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> she looked up at me, and she, she was just smiling at me. <laughs> and then I think she noticed that I was just staring at this motion with my like mouth open. We built the bear, dude. We ended up spending like $45 somehow, and then we left, and I've been thinking about it ever since, so I'm glad I got that off my chest. Me too. So from Build-A-Bear to basketball, dude, it's around the corner. I know. I know. It's finally like within arm's reach, you know, when you think about it, but media days in a couple of weeks. Yep. I was just going to say the Knicks released when media day is, September 24th. Training camp starts the next day. And then we got our first preseason game, October 1st. Mitchell Robinson's excited. Did you see him playing basketball uh, last night? Yeah, he's like playing around the clock. He was playing 2K all day. Did you see that? Um, was it? Oh, did that post originate from him? The one where it was like him, you know, yeah. at one end and going down to the other court? Okay, I didn't realize he posted that one, but okay. Unless he reposted it for someone else. He was playing 2K. And he made a block and then ran down the court and shot a three. And then at like 1230 in the morning, he's like reenacting that on the court in Westchester. Right. There's something about Mitchell Robinson I really love. Me too. Seems like a really innocent, good kid. Yeah. He's playing video games during the day and then he's going to shoot hoops after midnight. He loves the game, man. Loves the game. I'm excited about him. Barry, Kevin Knox was on first take with Stephen A. Did you catch some of that? Yeah. The reason I'm laughing is how come, like, 
no matter who Stephen A. Smith interviews, it's like he's interrogating them. Yes, he is. He is right here with me, the ninth overall pick in the NBA draft. You are here. Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> and Kevin Knox is so, like, quiet and reserved. To be a New York Nick and to represent New York City, do you understand what that means? Oh, yes, sir. I understand what it means. What All does right. it mean? What does it mean, Barry? <laughs> Answer the question, Knox! Oh, uh, yes, sir. I understand what it means. What does it mean? You better know what it means. You tell me right now. What does it mean? It takes a lot. It's going to be, it's going to be crazy playing in front of Madison Square Garden in front of the fans. Uh, I mean, I know it's, it's going to be electric in the, in the garden, so I'm really looking forward to it. Even Knox, Knox almost couldn't keep a straight face. It's the way Stephen A. Smith was yelling. But you know how sometimes, like, bring up their energy level to match somebody else's? I'm kind of glad Knox didn't because Stephen A. just looks ridiculous sometimes. Knox should just started yelling right back at him. <laughs> right. Now, let me tell you where my concern is about you, Mr. Kevin Knox. He just gets right into it, Barry. <laughs> he does. He does. Let me tell you what my concerns are about you. Dude, give the kid a break. <laughs> I know John Calipari very, very well. Yep. I watched you at Kentucky. I saw what you did to West Virginia last year. I remember that game. When they talk about you, they don't question your skill. What scouts were questioning about is that fire in your belly. They were talking about you got 35 to 40 games in college. Yep. There were some days where this guy did not seem as interested mm -hmm. in playing as he did other games. So if that was a question mark about him in college, what's he going to do with 82, uh, 82 game schedule mm -hmm. now that he's going to be making money as a professional basketball player? To that you say what? Uh, I mean, I'm not really worried about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm going to go into the season with the mindset that I'm going to attack every, every person that's guarded me. Uh, every game I'm going to be able to attack uh, the other team. I mean, uh, people questioned that uh, last year, but I think I'm a different person, got a different mentality this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know the Knicks. I mean, uh, we're going we gonna to definitely uh, make some noise this year. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to this. Well, season. when you say you have a different mentality, why mm -hmm. a different mentality? What the hell I mean, happened? Yeah, somebody some... get on your nerves? You're walking around New York City, somebody uh, bothering you? Nah. Why, where, where's the different mentality? Something's got to change. I mean, this is a different level. I mean, you taking I took another step after college. This is NBA now. Mm -hmm. So like you said, it's 82 games. You're playing against some of the best players in the world. You got to have that different mentality. Somebody bothering you? I picture him like shining a light and knocks his face as he's like <laughs> yeah, coming at him. But, uh, <laughs> right. It's so I crazy. Know. I know, I know. I do respect Stephen A, though, for asking that question, at least, because that, that's the one knock that we heard on Knox, knock on right. Knox, leading up to the draft was that intensity, and basically, is that all softball interview? So at least he was asked that, and was right. able at least to address Like, it, it's so. funny to make fun of Stephen A, and I'm not a fan of his, but, right. I mean, but he is he trying to get... the right question. He's trying to get something out of Knox, you know? He, right. Knox is just giving your, your usual answers. Yeah. And he's, I mean, you got to respect that he's like, well, what changed? What, what's going to be different? Right. Do you understand, Kevin Knox, that Chris Porzingis, he has to come back, mm -hmm. show he's healthy, and you got to show that you can play in order for y'all to attract mm -hmm. a marquee free agent, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and others next summer. Right. Have you recognized that? That's going to need to happen in order to attract some big-time free agents here. All right, before we hear Kevin Knox's response, can Stephen A. just calm down? He's a damn rookie. Do you think Kevin Knox is worrying about what free agents we're going to be able to attract next offseason? Yeah, you're putting that all on his shoulders? Right. He's got to have to perform, and Porzingis is going to have to come back healthy and perform. Give the kid a break. He's got nothing to do with Porzingis. He's just trying to make it. But let's hear what Kevin Knox says. 
Oh yes, sir. I mean, I know it's gonna happen. Uh, I know it's something that's gonna need to happen. But right now, we're taking it slow at Kristaps, uh, seeing where he's at. I mean, with me, I mean, we're, I'm working hard early this summer. My teammates, I mean, we've been grinding every single day this summer, uh, getting ready for the season. Uh, like Fisdale tells us every day, we're gonna be really conditioned uh, defensively. We're gonna be able to attack people defensively and just get ready for the season. But we're taking everything slow right now. Season's coming, Barry. Season's coming. Season is coming. Have you spoken to Porzingis? Oh, yeah. I talked to him on FaceTime a few okay. times. And, and what has he said to you about mm-hmm. being a New York Nick and being in New York City? What, what, what does Stephen A. think he's going to say? <laughs> he asked the same thing you asked. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. He knows there's a lot of pressure, but he's really looking forward to playing with me. I'm really looking forward to playing with him. Uh, so I'm ready to get in the gym with him, uh, just be able to connect with each other. Can you imagine that, that conversation between Chris Knapps and Knox? Yeah, Are you ready? Happened? Are you ready? Yeah, that, I'm sure it wasn't as intense as the way Stephen A. portrayed it. I'm sure he was just saying, "So you ready? You ready to get you know get your game on, get uh, get this season going?" I'm yeah, sure it was a lot more lighthearted than this interview. Knox is like, "All right, Chris Stapps, I'll see you in about eight months." If Chris Stapps spoke to him like Stephen A. is, Knox would hang up the phone and be like, "What an asshole!" What's your goals this year? Uh, just to win. I mean, I feel like this is something that you got to do in New York. You got to be able to win games. Didn't you say it was insulting for people to assume that y'all would mm-hmm. win about 29 games? Yeah. yeah and I you said like at least 35. Yeah, we got to You understand that's not a big deal, right? That 35 <laughs> wins is not that big of a deal, right? In the East, in the East, in the West, you need about 50. Mm. But in the East, I mean, you can get around that 35, 37 range and be able to make the playoffs. All right. So we've talked about this before, Barry. It's kind of funny that Knox was like, no, it's insulting 29 wins. We can get 35. Did any teams, even in the East, make it to the playoffs with 37 wins? 37 wins? Yeah. That's well, what Knox is saying. He's like, well, even if we get, you know, let's say 37 wins, we're in the East. We can make it. You know, we don't need 50 wins to get the playoffs like in the West. Did any teams at 37 wins actually make uh, let's look it up. the playoffs? I, I don't think so. In the East, the Wizards came in eighth, and they won 43 games. Yeah, thank you. I love Kevin Knox. He's a rookie. He's not going to say the most perfect. He's not David Fisdale. He's not going to say the most perfect things every time. It's kind of interesting to me that he his one goal is to win. And he's like, yeah, man, we just got to sneak into the in the East. We can just sneak in with 35 wins. So that's going to be our goal. <laughs> you know, just we could. That's all you need in the West. We'd have to win like 50. Like, that's crazy. We're not going to win 50. <laughs> but in the East, if we just win like 35 games, we'll get in and we're good. You know what I'm saying, Barry? Possible. You know how that's yeah. a little funny? <laughs> yes. Like, don't worry about are you going to make the play? How many wins do you need to make the playoffs in the East? I think we can do it with 35, so let's go for 35 wins. Just play your asses off every night. That's all we want. All we want is some effort. Yeah, and it seems that that's like where the mentality is. You know, everything I see from Knicks fans, that's where the mentality is. It's like. You know, we, we're not really looking at wins and losses. We're looking at our team. We're looking at the future of this team. You're right. That's all we want. Play hard. Now, don't focus on how many wins we need. Yeah. Let's just try not to get into, like, some 15-game losing streak. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because that's going to, you know, bring the morale of the team down. It's going to sink in. And, they, you know, they may get sluggish, the whole thing. So we just want to – I just want to watch you guys have fun. Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, Super Mario, Trey Burke, Nilakina. It's going to be a fun yeah. season. That's right. And I mean, like we said before, even if you have, even if you lose a game, but maybe you had this, this, this big run in the second quarter, you know, that you came from down and it just gave your team like a glimmer of hope or whatever. And it showed that you could compete. You know, that's the type of stuff we want to see. And then they close out the interview with, 
Stephen A. getting more in the face of Knox. Kevin Knox, ninth overall pick, NBA draft. Happy to have you here. Yes, you sir. sound ready. I'm ready. You sound ready. He sounds ready, Molly. I, 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 well, be- I believe in him, but I'm still nervous. He made it through you. You know, you can make it right. in New York. You can make it anywhere. You get through an interview with Stephen A. You I'm can just make saying. it anywhere as I'm well. just saying. He's just saying, Barry. <laughs> you're not just saying. You're yelling everything. Oh, my God. Ugh. Knocks on the hot seat. It's like that dude from the Nothing But Nicks show. Who? Which one? I don't know. Someone was yelling. There was a lot going on in that show, Barry. I was very uh, confused like the whole time. Yeah, you know, so we were unmuted the entire show, but other people in the video chat were muted to the stream. But to us, we can hear everything going on. So we're listening <laughs> to Sim conduct his interviews and conduct the show, taking calls, and yet... There's like four other voices going on that aren't part right. of the show. It was a little nerve-wracking and a little bit, you know. <laughs> These other guys are having full-on conversations while Sim is interviewing people or taking calls or whatever. There, was, there were points yeah. where I didn't know who Sim was talking to or who he was listening <laughs> to. Or I didn't know if I was muted. I didn't know what was going on. It took me like two hours to figure out that show. And by the end, Barry, didn't you feel like you were like, I kind of miss those guys now, some of those guys. <laughs> That dude who was just combing his hair the whole time? Mark. That was his name? Yes. And then I feel like many times whenever I spoke, Barry, I don't know if you felt this way, because the people watching the show don't realize this, but we are watching our own feed, like Barry said, and for for whatever reason, Sim's camera, we can't see. So we're just looking at like the nothing but Nick's logo, right? But we hear his voice. So whenever I was talking or trying to talk... I, I was like, you either look at the Nothing But Nick's logo or you look at the whole screen of all the different people who are yapping right. away, having their own yeah. conversations. Yeah, and they're yapping away and you don't know if that's going on over the air. So you don't know if you should keep talking. There's right. a couple of st- points where I stopped talking mid-sentence because I thought somebody else chimed in, but they were muted. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I was talking and I see so, so people throwing their arms up, disagreeing, and then I totally get lost in what I'm saying. At some point, I think I said Porzingis wasn't very athletic, and that was why that was why um, I thought he would be able to recover from his knee injury, from his ACL injury. But that is totally not what I meant, and it ate up at me for like days <laughs> after that. I meant to say, Barry, that he doesn't rely on his athleticism, like his his game doesn't rely totally on athleticism. You know what I mean? Yes, that's all I meant. But it came out because I see people throwing their arms up in the air, that he's not very athletic. It was killing me for days. But uh, that's me. Barry, Ennis Cantor is back at it again. He started off trying to recruit Kyrie Irving and Jimmy Butler. Started off guaranteeing, pretty much, that he knows the Knicks are going to get one of these major free agents next offseason. Right? That he talks to them. Is it Kyrie? Is it Kyrie and Butler? Is it Kevin Durant, Barry? Ennis Cantor is now claiming, I've never heard this before. I don't know if Cantor just throws this term around, but he's calling Durant his best friend. His best friend. He said that Durant, if he came to New York City to play with the Knicks, he could be the king, not of New York, he could be the king of the world. <laughs> right? And he could, Durant could change his image by coming to the Knicks. Cantor said on Sirius XM Radio, I've been hard on him the last two years. As soon as I learned he's becoming a free agent, he's my best friend. I can't say enough of the guy. He's the best scorer to ever play the game. Who wouldn't want KD to wear a New York uniform? Yeah, who wouldn't want him to be play in New York? Yeah, he'd be, you know, 
He would he, change his image. You know, it would be great for the city. Yeah, I had all that stuff I agree with. Yeah, he went on. Would, we are New York. He's a free agent. We need to use that. We are the best city in the world. That could draw a lot of attention for free agents. I would love for him to be my teammate again. When he was my teammate in OKC, he was amazing. I would love to see him be my teammate again. Barry, do you know what KD said about the Oklahoma City roster after he left them for the Warriors? What did he say? This is what Durant said. Through a third party, Durant said he didn't like the organization or playing for Billy Donovan. His roster wasn't that good. It was just him and Russ. He obviously didn't think much of Cantor back then. And then Durant later apologized about that comment. And after he apologized, do you want to hear what Cantor said? Okay, and then we're going to move on because I'm sick and tired of talking about Cantor and I'm sick and tired of talking about Durant because this Durant talk is going to continue for another year. I, I'm like starting to lose it. So, but, but go ahead. Oh, that's great. Great tease for this, the rest of this segment. <laughs> You're such a dick. <laughs> well, I can't be alone on this. I mean, it's like, and it's not against you. It's like everywhere, you know, everywhere on Twitter, everywhere on Instagram. It's like, and that's another reason why I can't wait for the season to start. So all like that stuff. Listen, Barry, here's what we're doing again. right now. I'm trying to give everyone some reason to, to stop thinking that Cantor has some inside lane to Kevin Durant, all right? I, I think people so take just, everything just that Cantor says out. with a grain of salt. Hear me out. Go ahead. So Cantor said that the apology Durant gave was a little too late. Cantor said, I'm not angry. It's just really sad. I remember when he was here. I played with him one and a half years. And when he was here, this organization and these fans, this whole state gave him everything he asked for, everything he wanted. The cooks, the chefs, the massage therapists, the coaches, the players, everything just to make sure he is okay and was getting what he wanted to get. Does that sound like he's best friends with Kevin Durant? <laughs> no, it doesn't. And then listen to this three weeks ago, Barry. I don't know if this is a way to get into Kevin Durant's heart. Cantor at a basketball camp for kids finds this kid wearing a Kevin Durant t-shirt. And this is the most set up thing you'll ever see. This is the cheesiness of Annis Cantor. Okay, we have a problem in here. My man, you go home, take that shirt, and burn it, please. Oh, if you give me a Westbrook jersey, I'll change it. I got you. Okay, I will burn my t-shirt if you could give me a Russell Westbrook jersey. And Cantor says, I got you. It was all really <laughs> natural. You want to know what Durant's response to that was? He responded to that too? Yes. These guys have nothing better to do. Well, listen, this is not how a best friend responds. Our best friends don't burn their friends' t-shirts. And then best friends don't respond with G-O-M-D. You know what that means? G-O-M-D? I did not know what it means. I had to look it up. Hold on, let me think. G-O-M... I'm not looking it up. G-O-M-D. This is Durant's response to Cantor telling this kid to burn his Durant t-shirt. Which I guess, what is Cantor playing know. hard to get? <laughs> Durant says, G-O-M-D, which is get off my dick. Oh. <laughs> Durant's not coming to New York, Barry. He wants Cantor to get off his dick. <laughs> Should that be the title of the, the podcast, G-O-M-D? <laughs> I think it should. G-O-M-D, Barry. That's what I'm going to say to you when you start pissing me off. All right. That's what you should have said to me during the whole Debbie Gibson thing. That's right. I didn't know that. I wasn't aware of that Be acronym like, before. G-O-M-D, you know, 
Yeah. I love Debbie Gibson. It's not a big deal. G-O-M-D. G-O-M-D. Barry, so this podcast coming out September 10th. I think all Knicks fans, since September 1st, the date that we were finally able to wave and stretch Joe Keem and have his final year of salary, about 18 mil spread over three seasons, which would be about four to six million dollar cap hit, depending on how much Joakim might waive from his contract. We all expected that would happen early in September because those were the rumors. But Barry, nothing has happened. It's been so not only frustrating, but just confusing. You know, I mean, first Fisdale says, you know, when asked about Noah, that everybody here has a shot. You know, according to Ian Begley back in May after the Fisdale hire, Fisdale intimated that he was open to the possibility of Noah returning. Scott Perry reiterated that all options were on the table with Noah. Then in early August, Adrian Wojnarowski and Ian Begley report, and I quote, the New York Knicks remain unlikely to reincorporate exiled center Joakim Noah into the team under new coach David Fisdale and still plan to part ways with the veteran big man before training camp, league sources told ESPN. So, so far, you know, even after that September 1st date, when he went into his contract year, they've done nothing. Training camp is in two weeks. Yeah. And all I've seen on the Joakim Noah front is him dunking in a pool in like fucking Brazil. Right. Or somewhere. Right. So do you, do you want them to wave him and, and stretch him? Before we go into what we want, we got some calls about it and we got some tweets about it. We're going to read some okay. tweets. So here's what Nick's loyalty at Fresco024 said, see where his head is at. That's Joakim. If he isn't going to hinder the development and culture, keep him, then stretch him next year. If he's going to be a problem in the locker room, stretch him ASAP. Nick's data at Payback Carter said, I think we should just let Noah play out the 2018 season. I really don't want to have a $6 million hold on our cap. I think they should just let Noah play this year because it will be like he's auditioning for another team. Don's Man 31 said, play him. Chris, at Chris Nick Fan says, keep at Joakim Noah. He's our big bully, Barry. <laughs> and we got a couple calls in. This guy didn't say his name, so I don't know who he is, but we'll take a listen. Barry, Craig, what should the Knicks do with Joakim Noah? I'll tell you what they do with Joakim Noah. Work the phone. I mean, you got all these other teams working the phone. The Magic got rid of Bismarck Diambo. The Lakers got rid of Dang and Moscow. The Rockets just got rid of Ryan Anderson. I don't want to go into the summer of 2020 and think, hmm, I like this free agent, but I can't sign him because I still have $6 million attached to Joe Keen Noah if we stretch him. Are we going to need money 2019 free agency? Scott, Steve, work the phones. So, Barry, that listener wants Scott and Steve to work the phones. Right. Yep, so different than what we heard from the uh, the people that, that posted on Twitter. That yeah, he was read. in agreement with Nick's data, who doesn't want that $6 million cap hit over the next three off-seasons. They just want to either move Joakim, which, dude, it, even if we can trade Joakim, we're going to get a contract back that takes a hit against our cap. No one's giving us an expiring $18 million contract in exchange for Joakim. That's not right. happening. That's right. So no matter who we trade Joakim for, we're getting money back. So a $6 million cap hit for the next three years, you're not going to find a better trade for Joakim than that, I don't think. What do you think, Barry? Yeah, I don't think so either. I mean, 
personally, I want to keep him on the roster at this point. You know, we, we know what this year is about. You know, it's about development and it's about getting, uh, you know, our players the playing time that they need and, you know, kind of looking ahead to the future. And although Noah's not part of that future, I still think we need him on this team. And, and I don't think we need to free up any money this year, you know, because of the reasons I just said that we're not looking to bring anybody in this year. It's about who we already have and seeing who's going to stay on this team in the future. Um, I don't even think the savings is going to be that significant if he does agree to a buyout where it's going to end up helping us that much, um, whether it's short term or long term. Um, so, and the, the other thing is I think we need a third center behind Cantor and Robinson. Um, even if KP was healthy and was playing, he never plays the five, you know, in, in all the minutes he played last year, he likes playing the four. He likes to be able to move around. He likes, he likes that position. And I don't consider Luke Cornett a viable number, you know, third option for the five. I mean, in, even though, albeit it wasn't a lot of minutes that he got. Last year, when he was on the floor, he was virtually invisible to me. And at 7-1, to not be a presence, I don't need him a, you know, as a center. So let Noah ride the end of the bench. Give him his minutes you know, when we need him, because there will be times when we need him, because Cantor has been prone to foul trouble. Robinson in summer league we saw was you know, prone to foul trouble. So as long as Noah's not a cancer in this locker room, like literally shitting in people's lockers or spewing out like racist rhetoric every day to everybody, then let him stay on this team. Shitting in people's lockers, Barry. You know, you know, last season, Joakim had that whole incident with Hornacek because somebody promised him he was going to play one game and he never played. Yeah. And you think he's going to be cool with sitting at the end of the bench all season playing behind Mitchell Robinson? Look, I don't know what he's cool with. But apparently he seemed being cool with, you know, I, I know it got all heated and he was basically exiled, but ultimately he was cool with sitting, you know, in Tanzania, wherever the hell he was, you know, for all that time, collecting his money. So I don't really know what his plans are. Um, I mean, the only thing is, lately everything has been pointing, at least from the rumors and the sources or the so-called sources, have been pointing to the Knicks wanting him, you know, to get him out of here in any way possible. Um, and it's still, I know September 1st has passed over a week ago, but we still do have plenty of time, you know, before training camp starts. So something can happen. But I mean, like for the reasons I just said, ultimately, I think, I think he would do better than bad, you know, unless there's stuff that we don't know about. So here's a caller who I think you would agree with then. Hey guys, Steve here. Uh, first time, short time. By the way, first time, short time, Barry. Uh, that's great. <laughs> Thanks for uh, that short time you've been a fan, Steve. I hope it becomes a less short time. Long-suffering Knicks fan since 1992 from the East End of Long Island. Uh, the Knicks should absolutely keep Noah for two reasons. One, he was born in New York City, wanted to be a Nick, and once a Nick, always a Nick. Number two, and more importantly, his pedigree. NBA Defensive Player of the Year, two-time NBA All-Defense First Team, and who better to mentor Mitchell Robinson, who has the makings of a generational defensive player, than Noah? Out. Out. His so, second point was much better than his first. The the one thing I liked from that was was the comment about mentoring Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who who I don't know who cares that he was once once a Nick, always a Nick. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't done anything. He signed a contract for four years. $72,590,000. Do you know how many games he's played? This is going to be depressing. Go ahead. He's been with us for two seasons, Barry. 53 games Oof. he's played. Yeah, how many minutes? Oh, my gosh. 
out of those 52 games, this is going to be even more depressing. Go ahead. 1,054 minutes. Okay. So let's say we wave and stretch him, and let's say he gets his full 72 million. He will have gotten paid $68,000 and $870 for each minute he got on the court and over $1.3 million for each game he played for us. Yeah, it's unbelievable, right? <laughs> so <laughs> let's, say, let's say that the Knicks work it out with him, right? And he is on this team. When he's on the floor, how do you think, like, the fan, what do you think the fan reaction is going to be, you know, whenever he touches the ball in the garden? You think it's going to be positive? You think it's going to be negative? You think, you know, it's not really going to be one way or the other? Unless he would be taking minutes away from a Mitchell Robinson, I don't think I don't think fans really care if he would take minutes away from Cantor. Mitchell Robinson is not getting more than thirty minutes a game anyway. You know, no, no. matter what happens this season. But they're they they could use help at center. Personally, I think I would rather just wave and stretch him now. I know we don't need the money now, and the money would just free up next off season. But I think there's no doubt that we're going to need that money next off season. So I don't see what the point. And waiting is. I think the fans, if he played, though, I mean, like Steve said, he's a New Yorker. He wanted to be here. He plays hard. He plays tough. He's exactly what New Yorkers love. I mean, if we ever see him on the court, the Knicks fans always react positively to him. I think they would they would cheer for him. Yeah, and at this point, I don't think there's a stupid move, you know, that they can make with, with whichever direction they go. You know, I don't think it's... Because of the, all the valid points from both sides of the argument that we posed, you know, it's not really going to be a bonehead move no matter which direction they end up taking. Right. They could always wave and stretch him after the season, right? I just don't think they're going to want to go into next season, not this coming season, but the following season with that contract, right? They're going to want to use that money to sign somebody. But you're right. If Noah's okay with being on the team, I guess it's fine. Right. And, and, and am I, I mean, tell me, am I being unfair with the comments I made about Luke Cornett? Have I not given him enough time yet? The only reason we were into, anyone was into Cornett last season was because when Porzingis went down, we had nobody. Right. We had like that a stand in. That's right. Right. At the end of the season, we were playing like Isaiah Hicks and Luke Cornett. I think Luke Cornett even started a game or two. Yeah, I think you're right. That's how bad it was. We were so desperate for anything, Barry, that Knicks fans, some Knicks fans may have gotten a little excited about Luke Cornett, but I don't think you or I were one of them. I don't think he's going to get a ton of playing time this year, now that we got the, the Savage and the Knox. All right, Barry, that's going to do it for the show. You can go back to listening to Debbie Gibson. G-O-M-D. That's right. Remember, guys, you can contact us. It's a hard life at gmail.com. Call us. Right, Barry? Yeah, call us. Whenever, 516-33-MESH1. Tell us a little bit of background about your, your painful Nick's life and that it's been a hard Nick's life. Yeah, tell us how hard it is. Like Steve and that guy who didn't even say his name. Thank you for calling in. And that lady at Build-A-Bear giving it to that bear. Maybe <laughs> right. she's been suffering as a Knicks fan, and that's how she takes it out. She takes it out, you know, on these poor little bears. These poor bears, Barry. Sorry. Basketball is around the corner. Knicks basketball, Barry. Training camp, September 25th. Media day, September 24th. I'm going out of order, Barry, to throw you off. <laughs> and the first game of the preseason, October 1st. How many days away is that, Barry? Uh, 30? No. 20? No. 21? (laughs) 
I mean, just keep throwing. Tell me when I get there. close. I'm gonna hit it. My dart's gonna hit the bullseye at some point. It's soon. And uh, as we get closer to the season, we'll be moving back to at least a show every week, unless Barry doesn't want to. And then I don't know what we'll do. I would love to. Good. Nothing. It's a highlight of my week doing this with you. <laughs> Is it the highlight of your week? It's become the highlight of my week. Would it be wrong of me to call you my best friend? Oh, Craig. <laughs> like Ennis <Craig>. and Kevin. <laughs> All right, guys. It is a hard Nick's life. <coughs> oh, Barry, you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit stop now, okay? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.